Why is it so easy to fall away from God? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelists Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Later in the show, you'll hear from Fred Stokes, who is a Super Bowl champion in the NFL, but fell away from his faith when he was younger. Mm. You know, I talk to young people and even people who have been Christians for a while, and sometimes they tend to compare themselves to other people. And we can all do that, where we see other people doing things. It looks like they're having a great time. They're going out to parties and drinking and well, what's so wrong with that? Why am I living on the straight and narrow? But honestly, when we look deeper and I meet the people on the other side of it, they're struggling. Mm. They're depressed. They're sad. There's an emptiness that's not being fulfilled. Yeah. I think people, they see by the masses, people who are choosing to fall away from God. Maybe they believed in God when they were younger, but then they kind of fell away and they're living their lives. Everything seems fine. Everything seems good. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that's what makes it easy to fall away from God is because God doesn't just come and like show up when you leave him, right. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where he'll let you choose your choices. He'll mm-hmm. let you make decisions to depart from him. But sometimes when we get to that point, we can get to a very bad position. Right. Even says in Hebrews chapter three, verses 12 to 13, it says, beware or be aware, brethren, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Mm. You know, when I first came to know the Lord, I did not want to fall away. Mm. I knew that the things I was doing before I knew Christ were very tempting, fun, seemed so great, but it led me to depression, suicidal thoughts, and just horrible things. Mm-hmm. And so when I came to know Christ, I was like, Jesus, I don't want to go back there. Right. But how do people end up going back there? Mm-hmm. Well, according to scripture, it says that through the deceitfulness of sin, mm. meaning that it's just a little bit of sin, not big sins, but little sin, just a little bit of sin here, there, well, this person is doing this, I this is okay for me. Right. And then what happens is it begins to harden our hearts. Mm-hmm. And as our hearts become hardened, it's kind of like a steak and you sear it on the outside. It can't taste or it can't feel anything anymore. Mm. And that unbelief begins to set in because we can no longer feel or encounter the living God through the deceitfulness of sin. Mm. And I think once you have known the Lord for a while, or if you were raised in a Christian home, you can easily look on the outside of someone and say, wow, they are happy. They got money. They got a car. They're perfectly fine. But really we have the answer. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I know that for my life, nothing I had ever fulfilled me. And so when I also came to know the Lord, I didn't want what I had. I wanted Him because I knew none of those things ever would last in my life Mm. with peace. And so we're going to hear right now from Fred Stokes right here after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. 
Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Hello, everyone. Joining us is Fred Stokes. He's a former NFL football player who won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 26, with Washington Redskins against the Buffalo Bills. And despite money, fame, and fulfilling his dreams, you know what? He had a moment of pain and wanted to commit suicide, and we're going to find out what happened. Let's welcome to the show, Fred. Thanks for being with us. Kathleen, guys, thank you for having me on. Yes, we're so excited to hear your testimony because a lot of people think that once they get rich or famous or have it all, they're going to be happy. And you had a great career as a football player. Tell me a little bit about that and what got you into football. (laughs) Well, I started playing football as I guess all other little kids start playing when they're small with big dreams. Mm -hmm. And I did that up until I was in the seventh grade. I stopped playing football in the seventh grade and didn't play again until I was a senior in high school. And the only reason I played at that time was just because I was a senior in high school. It wasn't that I had some epiphany or some spiritual moment that I, you know, heard from God I was going to be in the NFL. It was just I was this kid growing up in the projects of southeast Georgia, and I just was practicing with my friends and playing ball. And one of my buddies was like, hey, it's our senior year. You know, let's go out with the bank. I was playing basketball. I was running track. So Mm -hmm. I was doing all the other activities. I just chose not to play football. I thought that my career or my opportunity to get my mom out of the projects growing up in a single family home, I thought that my greatest opportunity would be through the NBA. But I had a dream and a goal to take care of my mom. Oh, wow. That's That's so powerful. And what's so special about it is that you were working really hard to accomplish these things. And little did you know you would be playing for the NFL. Tell me how that got implemented. You know, I got a full scholarship after that one year high school football to play at Georgia Southern University. But still, I was not, oh, yeah, now I'm going to chase my dream to be in the NFL. I redivert my attention to football now that it's not basketball. I mean, I was still partying and doing crazy stuff and, Mm. you know, doing what you thought you're supposed to do in college. And that's, you know, do as little homework as possible and party to the sun come up, you know, (laughs) on the weekends. And so that's what I was doing. So I can't sit here and tell you that, yeah, I was focused and, you know, worked hard and knew exactly what I was going to do. But a few years later, different coaches and different people were looking at me and saying, hey, you may have an opportunity to play in the National Football League. It was only then, I think I was like a junior or something, where I really started like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe I need to focus and stop partying so much and doing the things I'm doing. And lo and behold, in 1987, I got drafted into the NFL in the 12th round. Wow, that's awesome. And through that time, you played for several teams. Tell me about some of the teams that you played for. Well, I played for 10 years, but I only played for three teams, the Redskins, the Rams, and the Saints. I played defensive end for that entire time. I played five years with the Rams, four years with the Redskins, and I signed a three-year deal with the Saints, but I only ended up playing that one year and retiring afterwards due to injuries. Mm. Oh, man. So tell me about your walk with God. You mentioned that you had this belief in God. Were you really following the Lord during the time before you were in NFL or did he become more real for you in the time of your pain? 
Well, I had a typical upbringing when you hear people say they were brought up in the church and all those good things. And I really was. I remember my great aunt, my mom gave birth to me when she was 15 years old, like two or three months after her 15th birthday. Mm. And so my great aunt and uncle reached out to my mom. She had never seen him before in her life, but they reached out to her. They stayed committed. You know, they bought clothes and formula and different things to show that they were sincere about their intentions. And after a period of time, my mom was convinced that they really had great intentions and it was all inspired by God that they wanted to do the right thing. And because of that, I went out and stayed with my great uncle and aunt. And every day my great aunt would anoint my hair with olive oil. You know, she would pray for me and she would put a cross, a little small cross of olive oil on my forehead. Mm. And then she'd make me take a capsule of olive oil. So I tell the story like every morning I was as greasy as a, you know, Thanksgiving <laughs> turkey. <I can't>. <laughs> <laughs> and by her doing that, I mean, at 11 years old, 11 or 12, I was at church and I just felt this strong urging, if you will, that I needed to totally commit my life to Christ. Mm. And I did. And it was about 11 or 12 years old, but that was short lived. About three or four years after that, I'm in high school and I'm hanging around guys and girls. And I always tell people that as long as you stay around the fire, you know, you can stay warm and benefit from its heat and its energy. But when you get away from that and the farther you get away from that, the cooler you get. Mm. And I just slowly but surely stopped going to church and being around people of influence. And I start being influenced by my negative friends and negative actions. And I remember they used to laugh at me when I would curse or something. It takes a lot to get me angry. But when I did get angry and I'd curse, my friends would laugh at me because they called me a church boy. Mm. And so after a while, they stopped laughing because I was a part of the group. And I should have known something then, like, they're not laughing anymore. That means I'm not different. I'm the same as they are. Mm. And that lasted until I got from about 14, 15 years old until I got in the NFL. And I ended up in L.A., found myself in a hotel room by myself. And I was crying. And I had those moments where I could hear the voice of God tugging at my heart, saying, you're not supposed to be out here. This is not what I have in store for you. You know, In the midst of some heavy partying and crazy stuff, I would still periodically hear the voice of God saying, this is not what I have for you. Wow. And it wasn't until I got drafted into the NFL and ended up in L.A. that things got amped up, more partying, more girls, more alcohol, more stuff. And I found myself in a hotel room like one day after some hard partying and I was crying. I knew then that if I continued down that road that I wouldn't know what would happen to me. As wow. they say, the choices are yours, but the consequences are not. Wow. You can choose to do whatever you want to, but you can't choose the consequences. Wow. And I found myself in L.A. at the edge of life, really, really thinking about committing suicide. Mm, and, mm. you know, there are people listening right now that have some big decisions to make, and it's whether to go to the left or the right. And I believe they're listening to this show for a reason, because God is speaking to them and saying, choose the right path. Today is the day of salvation. We're going to pray for them, Fred, and we're going to have you back on our next show to tell us more about the low point in your life and how you became suicidal. But that all changed when God got a hold of you. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. You know, what's so interesting about his testimony, about Fred's testimony, is that as he's hanging out with the wrong crowd, mm -hmm. the influence drew him away as, you know, you would think that's normal. But then he came to a point where God would keep messaging him, mm -hmm. would keep talking to him, that God never actually forsook him, would always be trying to woo him back. Yeah. And I think that's important for someone who's listening right now. Mm -hmm. You're doing life 
And you remember when you gave your life to the Lord when you were younger mm. and you're at a point where you're like, you know, I know where I should be, but how do I get back? How do I get back to that relationship I once knew? Yeah. And it's simple. It's a simple surrender. It's a simple 180 degree turn and saying, God, I know you're here. I want to return back and bam, you'll be back. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, we turn to you now. We take a moment to just call upon your name and to literally turn our faces towards you and say, I want to come back home. We want to come back home to you, Lord. There's someone out there who's praying right now with me and saying, God, I want to come back home and be in your arms again. Mm -hmm. Receive me as I receive you. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Mm-hmm. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.